Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 59th episode of VisionCon Live, your go-to nerdy talk show. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, but you can come here to see me today, UK, to meet the man of the hour. He's Eggman from the Sonic franchise, Kudo from The Great Pretender, Greg from Ratatoin, just to name a few. He's the living legend, here to give us all a look behind the veil. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the one, the only, Mr. Mike Pollock. Mike, how are we doing today? Oh, cool. I want to see this. Oh, wait, that's me. Hi. <laughs> how are we doing so today, much. Mike? Lovely... Thrilled to be here as always. Excellent. How are you, Zach? Oh, I'm doing dandy as candy. Perfect. As much as one can, actually. Uh, kind of a bit behind the veil myself. Uh, as I was walking over here, I have an armchair right behind me that's, or not behind me, in front of me that it's, it's at a really odd angle. And so I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing, partially because I was super psyched to record this and bam, just bashed my shin into it. Uh, you should uh, check out the intro to the Dick Van Dyke show from the 50s. That's exactly what the intro was. That's exactly Tripping what it over was. the Ottoman. He no would trip way. over the Ottoman every episode. Okay. Uh, well, except that's, that's a lie. They rotated two of them. Most of the times he would trip over the episode. A couple of times he just avoided, just very gracefully. But that was a classic part of the opening. Well, then I'm in good company then. Absolutely. Well, before we get started, guys, we have one of my favorite things to do. I know it's weird, but it's one of my favorite things to do, and that is to do an ad week, ad read, rather, because this week's episode of VisionCon Live is brought to you by Anime Collectors United, or ACU. ACU is your one-stop shop for all things anime, whether it's the memorabilia, autographs, or just your daily memes. ACU is the place to be. Visit them online on their Facebook page. And thank you, ACU, for sponsoring today's episode. Oh, how great is Charlie? If I wasn't here, I'd be shopping there. But I'm here, so I can't really shop it. Charlie, if you're watching this right now, we love you. Thank you so much for all your help with VisionCon Live. Thanks, Charlie. And with that, guys, we're going to go and get started. So, Mike Pollock, we all know you as a titan in the industry for almost two decades now for some characters and much more for longer. But I wanted to get us started with, how did we get here? Was showbiz always the plan or did something happen later on in life that kind of brought us to where we are today? As a kid, I loved theater and I also loved radio. Uh, when it came time to pick a career after spending my childhood doing school theater, community theater, learning to be an actor, I realized actors and acting jobs, they're very short lived. You're in a show until you're not in the show. Shows come and go. Um, gigs come and go. Radio is also like that, but a little less than that. At least with a radio gig, you're, you're there maybe five days a week pulling an air shift, and the bosses can fire you for any reason. I know I've had that done to me. But I decided that'll be a better career choice. So I picked radio, and I toiled in radio mm, yeah, 15 years or so, um, and uh, did community theater on the side just to keep the acting chops working, as well as doing various voice working characters in radio until radio had knocked me to the curb more times than I can count. And I decided, well, we were giving up on that. Now let's fall back on the old uh, acting career. And uh, I sent out demo tapes that I was able to build for my radio characters. And Pokemon liked it. I got a little walk out in a Pokemon episode. And NYAV Post liked it for Demon Fighter Kocho. And uh, that snowballed. And the rest of this, as they say, is history. Is history. Well, you have a long... A long resume of characters that you've voiced throughout the years. Obviously, we don't have time to go to all of them, but there were a few key ones that I definitely want to make sure we tackle. The first one, and we would be remiss if we didn't talk about him. I don't have to waste time telling you guys how monumental the Sonic franchise is. And I want to talk about the man himself, the big man on campus, the one that constantly gives Sonic a run for his money. I want to talk about the one, 
the only Dr. Robotnik, a.k.a. Eggman. Now, before Brady's we dive- right here. <laughs> well, before we dive deep and kind of, you know, go a little deeper with Eggman, just give us a brief overview of the character, maybe how you got the part, any fun anecdotes involved, anything at all. Sure. Uh, I had uh, one of the earliest gigs I got was Pokemon. Pokemon at the time produced by Four Kids Productions. Four Kids was building out their um, cartoon channel, Foxbox, which became Four Kids TV. And they were, uh, they had a bunch of shows they needed to fill with actors. So they remembered me, which is awfully nice. They also remembered me uh, for their promos, which I did for a while. And one of the things they did was Kirby Right Back At You. The production team for Kirby Right Back At You was also the production team for Sonic X when they got the rights to that. And the producer said, you know, we like Mike as the mayor and Kirby right back at you. But boy, we'd really like to have him audition for Dr. Eggman and Sonic X. And me being a working actor who loves to keep working, I said, sure, if you'll have me. So they sent me some clips of Dean Bristow to voice match. And I worked at my Dean Bristow. I'm Dean Bristow. (laughs) Went in for an audition. Uh, Sega apparently not convinced. They brought me in for a callback. Did the same thing. Sega still not convinced. Till the third time around. But apparently said, Sega said, yeah, he'll do. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, that uh, snowballed, as so many things do, uh, even through 2010 when there was a big recasting and they decided to keep me at tremendous added expense. Uh, while the rest of the uh, cast was in L.A., I remained in New York, and they go out of their way to this day to um, keep things transcontinental and uh, either ship me in physically or electronically for group records. Well, they, they definitely made you work for it. Three different callbacks? Mm-hmm. And I just kept doing what I'm doing. And then I guess there was the, uh, the additional call back in 2010 during the recasting. They asked me to re-audition. And I was a little surprised by that. But I said, well, this is what I've been doing for the past seven years. Here it is again. Okay, that'll do. And there we are. When you- and here he is right here. Thank you very much. Ah, there he is. Well, and you voiced Eggman as part of the Sonic franchise for, I mean, almost 20 years now. And doing a damn fine job at it, might I add. But, Thank you very much. You know, it... It's a monumental achievement for having this job for, you know, again, for almost 20 years. So through this duration, is there anything about, because we know he's, Dr. Eggman's a very wacky yet also evil genius individual. But throughout these years, have you ever come to terms with anything about Dr. Eggman that you perhaps maybe relate to on a personal level, even, you know, good or bad? Well, as I grow to be a crotchety old man, like Dr. Eggman is, um, and uh, have various things to rage about, owning a home, having a family, uh, and having nerves that are then exposed and irritated. Um, Dr. Eggman, with every recording uh, session where he gets nice and angry, that's very cathartic. Uh, when he gets nice and angry, I don't have to get nice and angry for myself. So I may go in a little, ni- a little angry, I get really angry for Dr. Eggman, and I leave feeling a lot better. <laughs> so very cathartic to record Dr. Eggman in most cases. About to say, dare I say therapeutic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a nice side benefit well i've seen a lot of questions about dr eggman so we'll go ahead and go to the next character i want to dissect and then we'll go back to those during the viewers comics and questions segment mm-hmm. now guys netflix is doing a great job lately coming up with you know very intuitive very interesting and unique anime choices and i want to talk about one of my personal favorite Netflix original animes. That one, of course, is The Great Pretender, where you play the always lovable and kooky Kudo. Now, again, before we dive a little more deep into Kudo, just give us a brief overview of the character, any fun anecdotes involved, anything at all. 
Uh, he's another uh, slightly irascible character. I guess typecasting is a thing now. Um, <laughs> he uh, was the product of the fine folks at NYAV Post, with whom I got started uh, for Demon Fighter Coach Show. And they have been leaders in the current uh, um, concept of remote recording. Uh, we've all been recording from home in the past for mostly auditions. But, but with the lockdown being what it is, we all stepped up our games and threw money at our uh, recording equipment. And um, we are recording from home more often than not. So NYAV Post has been instrumental in recommending equipment for me and stuff. And they remembered me when auditions came in. I auditioned. They liked it. The uh, client liked it. Everybody was happy. And they brought me in. And it was just, it's a, apart from being a fun thing to record just conceptually, conceptually, that's not a word, conceptually, <laughs> because of the remote way we're doing recording now, um, he's just a fun, crazy character. Uh, he's, um, it's a wacky show. Um, of the, the parts of it that I've been able to see. And it's, um, he is just off the wall. And I'm delighted that I get an opportunity to be off the wall yet again. <laughs> and, so, and so, and I mentioned it earlier when we started talking about Kudo, is that I was very early to the hype with The Great Pretender. I loved it ever since it got officially announced and up and released to Netflix, but I've noticed as time has gone on, more people have checked it out and have loved it as well. So when Netflix created this many additional unique animes, and yet Great Pretender still is up in the top as one of the best, did you ever expect it to be heralded and beloved as much as it has when you first started voicing Kudo? I hardly ever expect anything to take <laughs> off when I'm recording it. First of all, lots of, lots of time passes between recording and release. It can be weeks or months or, or years, depending on the project. So this is just a wonderful opportunity working with great people. And they were hyping it. They, were, they had been saying this has been much anticipated. So I was looking forward to it as well. And it got the reaction they expected and more. Uh, it's got a lot of love online. It's got a lot of fans. And um, a lot of Netflix stuff is happening. I mean, various, various shows on Netflix. Netflix has been very um, generous with their uh, output. So you can also find me on Bread Barbershop on Netflix and uh, other stuff that I can't think of now without searching on Netflix for myself. But, <laughs> there is yeah. a lot, admittedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they, they keep throwing work at us, and we're quite happy to do it. And I mean, they threw me for a loop because I was worried that Kudo was maybe like a one-off a one -off character in season one, but then they keep bringing him back and I'm living for it. Mm -hmm. A couple of times. Repeat work is always good. Repeat business. Very nice. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go to the next one, because I feel like this one's going to be a real fun one to talk about, I did want to reiterate that for those of you who you know watch the show or veterans of watching the show, you know already that you can put your viewers' comments and questions in the live chat or message vision con directly. But if you guys are new to the show, first off, welcome. And secondly, any viewers' comments or questions you'd like to tell or ask Mike Pollock, just put them in the live chat if you're watching this live on Facebook or message vision con directly. And with that, now guys, there is a movie that is, it's very infamous or famous, depending on who you ask, that I would love to dissect a little further. That, of course, is Retatoin. Now, you play both the narrator and Greg. Now, there it is. So, real quick, before we dive deeper, I want you to go just give us an overview about the character and about the movie in general. Any fun anecdotes involved? Anything at all? Well, it's taken on a life of its own. Uh, it <laughs> is one has. of uh, 
one of the category now known as mockbusters. Um, some might call it a ripoff of a certain movie involving a mouse in a kitchen, a rat in a kitchen rather, and uh, some might call it an homage to a movie about a rat in a kitchen. Whatever you want to call it, it's from Brazil. They decided to make a movie. They made a movie. I don't think plot-wise there is much connection to the possibly more famous uh, and similarly named film, which I've not yet mentioned. But it involves um, rats running a restaurant. And I play Greg, the green rat, um, and about three other characters, including the opening narrator, uh, the indecisive rat in the restaurant, and one of the human characters towards the end. And um, the wonderful thing about being an actor, especially in the New York acting pool, we, our default state is unemployment. So an actor's job is to try and keep away from unemployment as best as possible. So when folks call and offer work, we are very inclined to say, yes, I will. Thank you very much. This was well over a decade ago now, but one of the studios that I work with quite regularly, or at least have in the past, was dubbing this thing. He brought me in for an audition. I auditioned, he had me read the trailer. Then I booked the role of Greg. And the whole thing was pretty much taken care of in about two hours of my time on a weekday, because that's the way dubs work. Here's all your lines. Let's just bounce from line to line and you're done. Bye, go home. And uh, then uh, folks took notice of it and said, what? What the <laughs> heck is that? Why are you in that? And that's here, here we are. <laughs> it's, the internet certainly, as it does with many projects, definitely sure. gives this a mind of a life of its own. Uh, there's you just look on YouTube. There's plenty of reaction videos about it. You can find it anywhere on the internet, or you know, buy it. And you know, it's it's definitely it's definitely a funny movie. I would like to make mm -hmm. that much clearer. So you guys, I do recommend you guys checking it out. But you know, like I said up top. You know, it's famous or infamous, no matter, you know, whether, depending on who you ask. But were, what were any, some of your favorite moments while working on the project? Again, it was only about two hours, but is there anything that stuck out to you? The director who uh, was in charge of the dub um, is a unique character himself, not necessarily known for being a people person. <laughs> so uh, as he is very often, uh, his life is run by a combination of money and the clock. He had an eye on the clock, making sure that I was not screwing up too much. That would cause my session to go long and have me paid extra. Um, he was, he as usual, taskmastery, slave-driving self. And uh, that gave me the opportunity to just shut out the outside world, um, grin and bear it, and uh, not pay attention to any of his personal attacks, and just uh, make sure I was delivering the best performances that I possibly could. And I did. And uh, he now has... He, we've not spoken about it since in our subsequent meetings, but uh, I don't know what his thoughts are on the matter, and I don't know that he has any. He may barely remember having recorded it. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, our next segment, before we go on, a little bit of background. So, Mike, a lot of people who watch this show obviously are here to meet some of the super famous guests that we have on. One is sitting right before me. But a lot of people that we've noticed also watch this show because they are either wanting to get in the entertainment industry and acting industry or already are and just want to know where to go next. So I want you to keep that in mind for these next two questions. The first one I have has to do with rejection. So like I always say, rejection is just a part of life in general. There's no, you know, ifs, ands, or buts about it. However, if there was ever an industry that I would argue probably has more rejection in it than any other, 
I would say that would be the entertainment industry, which of course is your industry. So mm -hmm. for the folks watching at home that either want to get in the entertainment industry or already are and just want to know where to go next, how would you advise them to handle rejection when it inevitably comes? Does it get any easier? Or if it doesn't, just what advice would you give them? Sure. Thing to remember is the stuff you see that I'm in is the, is the successful stuff. That's the stuff I didn't get rejected for. You don't see the tremendously large uh, stuff uh, beneath, the ice, beneath the water in the iceberg uh, that is all the rejected stuff. I'm auditioning constantly. As I said, our default state is unemployment. So when auditions come in, I record them, submit them, and hopefully someone likes them. If they like them, I book a gig. If not, the common wisdom is when you audition for something, you forget about it. It's done, it's gone. If they want you, they'll call. If they don't want you, they won't call. Occasionally they call when they don't want you, which is annoying because it gets your hopes up. Hi, hi, can I help you? Oh, you don't want me? Okay, thanks for calling. Um, that's, that's the thing, you get used to that too. But the business is about rejection. Um, there are a finite number of roles, a finite number of actors, and it's just like the lottery. Many will enter, one will win for each role. If I book a role, it means somebody else didn't. If I didn't book a role, it means somebody else did. And even with things like Dr. Eggman, I don't know who else auditioned. Neither do you. You remember me, because I booked That's that. Well, see, and guests in the past who've answered this question have said, it has nothing to do with you. It's nothing personal. And it wasn't even the fact that maybe you had a bad audition. It's just that somebody did it either better or somebody did it closer to what they were looking for. Do you kind of reiterate that fact? Absolutely. If you don't have the sound they want, they're not gonna book you. They book the sound they want. If you're painting your house, you're not gonna settle for a color that's not the color you want. You're gonna go through the paint swatches and say, I like this blue, I don't like this blue. So this blue, he doesn't get the gig. This blue, he gets the gig, he's all over your walls. So it's just a matter of the client is, is behind the project, the client's got the money, the client's got the idea. They're the ones that pick what they want. You don't, just like you don't go to pizza, a pizza place and say, I don't like pepperoni, but if that's all you have, I'll take pepperoni. No, I want sausage. Give me sausage. Here's a sausage. That's, so, a, good, yeah, it's just, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah, and, if, it's, and if, if you get a no, it's not a no, it's a not now. Next time, maybe it's a yes. Ooh, I like that. Right, well, is there any other general advice that you would give the folks watching at home, you know, about either getting into the entertainment industry or maybe, you know, raising your ranks in the entertainment industry? Maybe advice that you wish you had when you first started out. One thing to remember, especially if you want to be a voice actor, and I, I caution people, voice actor is um, a specialization. Voice is a specialization, not a restriction. I'm an actor. I spent years on stage. I could spend years on camera. I've decided that voice acting for me is the most efficient way for me to apply my trade and the most, the most rewarding because I can stack a day with two or three gigs and I can't do that if I'm on stage or on camera. Um, but one thing, if you're going to do this, get yourself some training. You can't really do this without knowing some of the technical terminology. If you're on stage and you've got to know how blocking works, blocking is the stage management, stage movement. So, you know, where stage left is, stage right is. And I just realized I'm doing it backwards. It's stage left is the actor's left. <laughs> stage left, stage right, upstage, downstage. Um, you've got to know some of the technical terms. So with voice acting, there's not a lot of specific training available, but if you go in armed with acting skills, which you can get through communities, theater, through, through acting classes, possibly not now with lockdown being what it is, but when the theater world comes back, there will be more opportunity for such things. 
but go in with a working knowledge of your craft and have some experience so you're not going and saying, is this a microphone? What, what, what do I do with it? I don't know. I'm so nervous. <laughs> no one's going to listen to that. All right, guys. Well, if you have not already, message VisionCon directly or put in the live chat your viewers' comments and questions, as plenty of you already have. Now is your last chance to do so because, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the plug zone. Mike Pollock, now is your opportunity to plug, promote, advertise, whatever verb you want to use, anything you want. Floor is yours, sir. Cool. We'll start on social media. It's a mic on Twitter, uh, which is the most the primary mode of transportation. It's a mic on Facebook. Eh. Um, and Instagram is mike.pollock. Eh. Um, website, it's a mic.com. Um, I encourage you to poke around, especially poke around with my infamous rules of fan engagement, which uh, point out that uh, unwanted uh, chats and things, not always welcome. So be respectful. Keep in mind that I've got a life and I'll make time for you, but I can only make time when time is available. Um, stuff, projects that are coming uh, out in the future. There are many I can't discuss, but of the ones that I can, there's a very cool podcast called Earth Eclipsed. I uh, am not in every episode. I have a very small character arc, possibly only one episode. But when you find me in that one episode, it's a, um, I must say it's a very impressive dramatic turn, which if you only know me for wacky comedy, you might be very surprised. <laughs> um, other stuff, just follow me on Facebook or look me up in Behind the Voice Actors uh, or uh, the IMDB and find stuff I'm in and my YouTube channel. Uh, it's a mic as well as playlists of commercials and stuff that I've done that you might not have expected to see. So check out all the stuff I do all the time. And real quick, before we go to our final segment, viewers, comments, and questions, uh, for our audio-only fans that are, that are listening to this later on Spotify, can you tell them a little bit about how they could purchase autographs from you? Sure. On my website, there is a shop section, the Marketplace, as I call it, where there's products that I use every day for my uh, voiceover uh, stuff. And then there's also some merchandise of me. There's a headshot of me. There's my character prints with the Sonic uh, characters I do various four kids TV characters I do and some assorted anime characters I do. And I will uh, deface them personally and uh, sell them to you if you'd like one or two or three. And if we're watching this live on Facebook or later on YouTube, that's what I have on screen right now. But if you're, if you're listening to this later on Spotify, I've got all those links in the YouTube description box for you guys to check out. And with cool. that, we are going out of, of the plug zone and going into our final segment, viewers, comments, and questions, guys. So like I always do, just kind of balance it evenly between the messenger and the live chats. Let me bring up both real quick, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Okay. Okay. So, all right, so we've got a bunch of people just saying hi. Okay. Hi! <laughs> uh, Brandon Park said hi, Mike. Daniel said, hi, Mike. Big fan of your work in Sonic and Pokemon. Uh, Chris tuned in. And said, hey, Zach, you got more solution. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I did get more contact solution, so I don't have to uh, put the, uh, my second monitor right up to my face. Excellent. Okay, so Aaron tuned in and said, yeah. what is your favorite Walt Disney World memory that you'd want to bring your favorite Pokemon character you voiced to celebrate both silver and golden? Oh, okay, and then he's saying something else. So uh, what is your, of all the Pokemons that you have voiced, what would be your Disney World trip memory that you would like them to enjoy as well? 
Um, let's see. I remember as a child, as a very young child at the time, getting scared by the guy in the Pluto suit. That's, uh, that's an inappropriate phrase. By Pluto. Uh, there's no guy in a suit. It's obviously Pluto. And uh, he startled me with his bark. And uh, that was a shocking memory. <laughs> so obviously seared into my mind. Sure. Um, and I would uh, think that, uh, that Shuckle, who's one of the Pokemon I voice, would probably enjoy being scared out of his wits by a surprise bark from Pluto. <laughs> All right. So Brandon tuned in and said, what is your favorite character to voice? Well, here's the thing. I tend not to play favorites because it, if you pick one thing as a favorite, it makes everything else feel bad. I love all the work I do because otherwise, if I'm not working, I got nothing. But I do enjoy characters that make me laugh, and those are the voices that make me laugh. So, for example, Meat from Ultimate Muscle from the, from the uh, Fox Box. He has this voice. It's a New York truck driver. How can you not laugh at that? Um, also, the... Uh, Edwin voice that the kids of today will know as uh, Uncle Cartoon, who stole it from it, the original Edwin. But he's the voice I've used, for example, the mayor in Sonic Boom. And that voice just makes me laugh too whenever I can use it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Hang on, I've slobbered all over my Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. So, oh, where, where is it? Oh, here it is. Okay. So, Chris tuned in and said, Hey, Mike, what is your favorite? Sonic Boom moments as Dr. Eggman. Mine is when the gang fools him with the Sonic plushie. Makes me laugh every single time. Excellent. I enjoyed getting to sing. Some might not call it singing, but there were a couple times when he would burst into song, either um, a melody that I would be able to create all by myself, which I did. Um, Scrubbing all the dishes! Uh, or uh, classic folk songs like Beautiful dreamer. Um, so whenever he would burst into song, it was just such a goofy moment. I enjoyed that. Well, Caroline tuned in and gave us her go-to question, which is, in, besides voice acting and acting, what are some of your favorite hobbies? I have these pesky children that take up a lot of my time. But when I'm not dealing with them, I've become addicted to creating RSS news feeds and personal podcasts. The personal podcasts are mostly radio shows that we repurpose and time shift at the run at the inconvenient time. I process them, clean them up a little bit, and then my wife and I listen back to them when it's convenient for us. And then news feeds and various permutations of news feeds just keep me in touch with websites I want to follow, news topics I want to follow. And there are a couple of uh, websites that let you build your own, and I have become addicted to those. In fact, just now my uh, subscription to one of them is expired, and I'm still waiting for the code. And until the code comes, I can't get all the premium feeds that I want to stuff. It's very nerve-wracking. I've been furiously emailing the creators saying, would you mind giving me the code? <laughs> well, we got about time for three more questions. Uh, the next oh. one is from, and I apologies in advance if I mispronounce your name, uh, Johara. Uh, questions oh, that's correct. Right. I know who Johara is. Oh, wonderful. Do you ever get telemarketer calls? And if you do, do you ever use Eggman's voice? Hi, Johara. Yes, I do. I don't use Eggman's voice because the telemarketer most likely wouldn't appreciate it. But there are a couple of uh, calls on my SoundCloud page, uh, which is it's a mic on SoundCloud, where I've um, attacked a uh, computer tech support scammer and an Amazon fraudulent order scammer. Um, and uh, I will usually just improvise with whatever character comes to my mind, usually an elderly man because they like to pray on elderly people. 
And uh, if uh, it's amusing enough, I uh, will uh, chop it down and put it up on the uh, SoundCloud. So <laughs> genius. <there's> that. <laughs> All right. So Zachary tuned in, not me. Uh, huh? and said, how do you feel looking back now on animation runner Kuromai? I would look back and say, that was me? <laughs> perfect. I hope I've, I hope I've grown and improved if I wasn't already so perfect. <laughs> That's a, I'm kidding. Kidding. Well, then, to, end, to round us out, Daniel Please. tuned in and said, who is your favorite Sonic character besides Eggman? Well, there are the ones that I voiced um, and the one that tends to surprise most people. Uh, Ella in Sonic X. I was Ella the maid doing this voice, which surprises most people. Um, but if I had to pick someone I didn't voice, I would still go back to Sonic X. And uh, Bo Koon, voiced by uh, Broadway and TV's Andrew Reynolds, who was our director at the time, his voice is so high and tight and strangulated, and he was able to do that completely on his own, no electronic processing. And it amazed me that he could do that and maintain that, because I can't do that. <laughs> it would just sound like I'm being strangled by, by, it, the, by the rats from Ratatouille. <laughs> it sounded like a throat shredder. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what he does. Bless his heart. Ah, uh, and Sonic X, man, that opening. It's to this day still a bop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. My ringtone for a while, I believe. Did I? Uh, yes, I think I composed it using the old Nokia uh, Compose It Yourself monophonic uh, composer on my Nokia phone. No way. <laughs> yeah. Sounded okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's about all the time we got. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 59 of VisionCon Live. Now, before we wrap things up, Mike Pollock, any final thoughts to leave us on? Sage-like wisdom, anything at all? Thank you so much for watching and listening. Um, stay safe in these lockdown-y, covid -y times. Get shot if you're eligible to get shot. The vaccine, preferably. What you do in your, uh, in your, in your gang-ridden streets is your business. I, I'm not judging. But, um, yeah, keep yourself safe. And uh, if you need something to do while you're locked down, I got a whole playlist of stuff you can watch. <laughs> Guys, thank you for tuning in to VisionCon Live, episode 59. I, of course, am your host, Zach Wilson. But much more importantly, this has been my very special guest, Mike Pollock. Make sure to check out all the links down in the description box below, guys. And until next time, life always remember, guys, that life's better than your friends to share it with.